When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And guys, I don't know what it is, but there's usually a moment when a, an approaching event feels different. It feels like now we're in the pregame, right? Like, oh, it's really here. Key, maybe it's because you're in Vegas for the draft. Maybe it's because Jordan Reed... Our draft analyst is sitting right next to me. Maybe it's because we're on our second to last day of our mock, but it feels like just now I got a feeling like, oh, here we go. But also Jordan's wearing his draft suit. You know what I mean? He up there in the fly, light blue suit. You get drafted. With the tie. I'm like, woo, bring that thing. I'm just glad they put me on the opposite side of the room with all this baby blue on from Jay Will. (laughs) Yeah, that's – you see, (laughs) I did not even notice that. I am wearing Duke blue. You're wearing baby blue. Think about that. Yeah. Natural enemies. (laughs) All right, guys, you ready to do this? Welcome to the second to last day of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max mock draft. We are at pick 25. Yes, the Buffalo Bills are on the clock with the 25th pick, and our own Christina Lisi is here with it. With the 25th pick in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the Buffalo Bills select... Cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Buffalo's situation at corner looks a lot different this year. No date set yet for Trey White to return from his ACL injury and Levi Wallace left for the Steelers this offseason. Booth has decent size, solid man coverage skills to stay with receivers and make plays on the ball. Andrew Booth, cornerback, Clemson. <laughs> Injuries are a concern for Booth, but he's someone whose team is that of an NFL starter. He's smooth with footwork underneath. He's tough at the line of scrimmage and press coverage. He has great instincts as well to read, react to what wide receivers are doing in front of him. The biggest question will be speed and those injuries that shut down his pre-draft process. Well, Andrew Booth Jr., he's very, very athletic. He's competitive. At three interceptions a year ago, and the big thing about him is that just athleticism. He's acrobatic. He's acrobatic with the ball in the air. He can attack it. He can play it. But we haven't seen him throughout the pre-draft process. He had a strained quad leading up to the combine, and then he just had sports hernia surgery about a month ago. So that could cause him to fall a little bit, but I think this spot at 25 overall to the Bills is an outstanding pick. It is certainly an outstanding pick. I think when you look at Booth in the situation in Buffalo, they're not going to ask him to play a lot of man-to-man coverage. He is not necessarily a man-to-man coverage guy. He is a more of a scheme guy in a defense with Leslie Frazier that will have him play more catch technique than anything. And I, when I look at his situation, I think he comes in, you plug him in, he becomes an immediate starter for you, and he has a long NFL career. It is It is time for the 26th pick and the Tennessee Titans are back on the clock and former Titans wideout, you know him well on this show, our very own Harry Douglas is here with the next pick. With the 26th pick in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the Tennessee Titans select linebacker Devin Lloyd from Utah. Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. 
Lloyd is one of the most productive and active linebacker prospects in this draft. A true three-down player who can impact the game, stuffing the run, playing a coverage, or even blitzing and getting into the backfield after the quarterbacks. There have been questions about his medicals throughout the draft process, but Lloyd's tape and talent point to a future starter, maybe even week one in the NFL. Yeah, there's a lot to like about Devin Lloyd. I think he's one of the better. Him and Kobe Dean are the best linebackers in this draft class. Just a physical presence. He's a former safety, so he's very athletic. He uses that athletic prowess and the smarts and coverage, but also he can come downhill and attack too. So I think this would be a really good pick for the Tennessee Titans. On the smaller side at the linebacking position, in, in, when you look at a guy like this who's a runaround guy, not necessarily going to take on the blockers, but very athletic, Injuries are a concern of, his, of of people in the NFL draft on whether or not he can stay healthy. I like it for the Tennessee Titans. They've been missing the linebacker position at the second wave of their defense for the last several years. That's what's hurt them in the past. They address it right here. We'll see if it works out. Time for the 27th pick. The Tampa Bay Bucks are on the clock. Paulie in Los Angeles is here with the pick. With the 27th pick on the Max Kellerman Show featuring Jason and Joseph, Tom Brady's Buccaneers select Devontae Wyatt, Georgia. Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, Georgia. My top-rated defensive tackle in this year's class is Georgia's Devonta Wyatt. He's a little bit of an older prospect at 24 years old, but was dominant as a pass rusher, a run defender, even at times of pass coverage running down screen games. Wyatt is an ideal three technique for the NFL, a player who should crack the starting lineup very early in his rookie season. Yeah, Devontae Wyatt, he is a bit of an older prospect at 24 years old. He will be a 24-year-old rookie, but... He plays the game with so much energy. He's that natural penetrating three technique that can get up the field. And while Jordan Davis and some of these other players got a lot of the love on that Georgia defense, I think Devontae Wyatt was one of the more unsung heroes. He's had a really good pre-draft process as well. That Paulie in Los Angeles is a charmer. What do you think, uh, Joseph? (laughs) I love it. That's right. I I think when you look at Devontae Wyatt, you have to say, okay, they're not looking to re-sign Damakun Su as of right now. He, he's a guy who can plug that position, and it helps them out on the defensive side of the ball. He is one of them, one, uh, the unsung heroes for Georgia, no question about it. I said earlier, it feels like the Georgia players, we continue to talk about that defensive line, one after the next. He's in a long line of guys coming out of Georgia that could make an impact in the NFL. And now the Green Bay Packers are on the clock. They took a wide receiver with the 22nd pick in our draft. Where will they go with the 28th pick? Here's Mark Tauscher from ESPN Wisconsin to make the selection. With the 28th pick in the 2022 KJM Mock Draft, the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers select Arnold Ebikati, Penn State. Arnold Ebiketti, defensive end, Penn State. Nine and a half sacks off the edge, 18 tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. James Franklin loved the fact that he came in humble, ready to work. Arnold Ebiketti has the makeup, the mindset, the physical and athletic ability is there. Really like what Arnold Ebiketti will bring to a defense in terms of getting after the quarterback. 
Yeah, Arnold Ebiketti, I think, is one of the better defensive end prospects in this draft class. We could see him go in the tail end of the first round, as we do here with the Green Bay Packers. They already selected their receiver as their Devontae Adams replacement. Now they want to get somebody opposite of some of those talented edge rushers that they do have. So I like the selection of Ebiketti right here. I think this is a, a, a certainly a, a good pickup for Green Bay. That you mentioned they got their receiver, and I think Ebiketti is a guy on a, a, a pass rusher. If you look at him at Penn State – He's a guy who takes on the run, can also shed blocks, get to the passer. All of those sort of things is a must in the National Football League. There's a long laundry list of defensive ends in this draft. I think he is one of the best. Um, All right. Listen, I know that, Jordan Reed, you have places to go and people to see. You're a very busy man around this time. Key is in Vegas covering the draft. Jordan Reed splashed all over ESPN analyzing these picks. Jordan, thank you for dropping by and hanging out with us for a little bit. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Hanging out with Joseph. Hanging out with Joseph. We spoke so much. On the Max and Sidekick, Jay Will and Joseph show. (laughs) Jason. Jason and Joseph. Jason and Joseph. Yeah, Jay and Jay. Jay and Jay. Jay and Jay. The Max Max Kellerman and Associates. Now I'm trying to think of Max Kellerman and Associates. Max Kellerman Variety Hour. (laughs) Max, Max, Jay, and Johnson. Hey, guys, you know, tomorrow's draft, you know who's picking twice in in our draft tomorrow? Because with 29 Kansas City Chiefs, 30 Mm. Kansas City Chiefs, Mm. 31 Cincinnati Bengals, because that 29th pick is that uh, San Francisco 49ers through the Miami Dolphins and that Tyreek trade, right? So 29 and 30 Kansas City, 31 Cincinnati, 32 Detroit. Guess who is picking for Cincinnati? He picks twice. Our producer, James Steele. Shocking. Yeah, Correct. Uh, well, the, the Chiefs, but not Cincinnati. I don't like What'd I say? Did I say Cincinnati? Cincinnati? Yeah. For crying. By the way, this is how fried I am at this point. Uh, a lot of I'm copy. looking at a screen that says Kansas City Chiefs, and the word that comes out of my mouth is Cincinnati. Now you guys know why I am the way I am. You're all over Joe Burrow. That's why. The Joe Burrow's the cheese. You're always thinking yeah, about it. I'm surprised he didn't say it was the Chargers because yeah. he Him loves Justin, yeah. Justin Herbert so Yes, much. but as you know, I'm also very high on Patrick Mahomes, James. Yeah, that's James true. Might, James might pick a quarterback with the 30th pick. Yeah, you got, you got, to, figure, got to figure that stuff out in Kansas City, right? That, that Patrick Mahomes, everyone's caught up to him. See, yes. The league has caught up to Patrick Mahomes. That's what I've heard. Oh, yes. man, Kenny Pickett uh, on the board, James. Is it breaking oh, news? Boy. Breaking news. Oh, are, we, are we going quarterback no, I'm, I'm here with the, the Chiefs? No, because I'm on the, the Quarterback. Has caught up to Patrick Mahomes. Quarterback. Quarterback. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, that's that Gettleman stuff. Quarterback. Stop. One You're of the greatest drops ever, ever, Max. This joint right here. Quarterback. Is yeah. a legendary every time he said, Every time he said that word, Yates, every time Gettleman said that word, I, I didn't know what to do. I got so We're angry. building. <laughs> We're building. Towards one. what? We're building. The center alone, of the man. earth. We're building. Going down. He's doing, we're doing demolition. It's like <laughs> <laughs> they took a wrecking ball to that franchise. Uh, you know what? At least now, Key, the Giants, like people are like, hey, Max, what do you think the Giants should do? For the first time in years now, I'm like, actually, whoever is making the decisions there knows more than me. It's bad, it's bad when you think you know more than the guys making the decisions for your franchise. <laughs> All right. You uh, know what, though? Back you know who knows a lot? Uh-oh. Nick Friedel, ESPN NBA Nets reporter. By the way, Jordan Reed gave you the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. I expect nothing less from you, uh, Nick. Nick, as no I forgot talk. your name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The person next to me, uh, Nick. The guy, with the, the guy with the black shoes on. 
<laughs> All right, Curtis, that's enough out of you. <laughs> okay. Way to clap back. I love it. Curtis. I love it. So, oh. uh, Curtis Granderson, right? <laughs> yes. Dead ringer. All right. Wait, Nick, do I look like a tired Dave Chappelle? That's what I've been told. <laughs> I think it's BS. Those, those I, some, I just don't find people like, oh, I look like Dave Chappelle. I'm like, I'm black and I look you. tired. Doesn't mean I look like Dave Chappelle. No, they're, no, they're mean. You Thank you, Key. No, you don't look like Dave Chappelle. You look Thank like you. Mr. Jefferson. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take him all day. I'll take we're we'll moving on up. <laughs> compared to the way you used, the, compared to the way you used to look, it's like you found the ring of power. <laughs> right? <laughs> Getting up at three thirty in the morning, my precious. Yeah, they hit you with Dave Chappelle, though. Yeah, well, I know it's not. I, I get what people see. Do you understand what people see when they say that? No, no. I could, I, I could there, there, see there, there are times I in my mind where I'm like, like yes, yes. yes, like I am a bald-headed black man. I do not look like Dave Chappelle, though. but you do look like Curtis Granderson. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm the one that stated that. I yeah. recognize that. He's losing his voice. He's so upset about this, Keith. Yeah. He looks like Curtis Granderson, but he looks like Mr. Jefferson. No, he shut up, Keith. He does look like Mr. Jefferson. He does not look like George Jefferson. He does Actually, someone, someone who works like at ESPN it. does, but it's not Jay Will. You do look like Eddie Winslow, though, Keith. Real talk. You oh, do. I, Eddie yeah, Winslow yeah. is like your yeah. doppelganger for real. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get back to the Nets with Nick, guys. Nick. KD went after Charles Barkley on IG. KD went after CB on IG after Chuck called him a bus rider. Uh, he didn't really call him a bus rider. No, that's rider. right. That's true. That's, that's me doing that's the media thing. Right. Yeah. He, <laughs> he didn't. But what Charles Barkley did say was it's easier, like, if, if you're not driving the bus, don't call, talk to him about rings, basically. And KD took it as though Charles Barkley's calling him a bus rider. Nick, you look so uncomfortable. Right well, now. because this is the conversation from all those years ago with the Warriors. I mean, it's he's never Kevin's never going to outlive that, and I say that as somebody who has watched Kevin and still thinks he is the very best player in the game. He's never going to outlive leaving Oklahoma City and going to a seventy-three win team, no matter what he does. And that part for somebody who is that great and that talented has got to be very frustrating because he has shown over and over that in the big games winning those two finals MVPs he's been there but people will never Nick, he will him- he can outrun it if he does this let's say they just won the championship against the odds because they were fragmented and this and that throughout the- and he balled out one finals MVP then he w- isn't that part of going to Brooklyn what it's about is saying yep I did that and now I can also do this I think it was supposed to be but Max my point is it, it's never going to happen because the people that didn't want to like Kevin after he left are never going to forgive him for leaving and winning with a team that was ready to win on its own, period. And but, that's the thing that will never change for Kevin. As great as he is, yeah. he's never going to get the credit from the entire basketball universe because he made that decision and he left the team that he was supposed to be the leader on, the bus driver, and he went to a team that had – Plenty of drivers already. So, Nick, if he, what if he would have stayed in Golden State? Though? What if he never left to try and go to Brooklyn? Do you think he could have overcome that? He would have got killed for that, too, though. He, he would have gotten he, he he's This gonna, is the no, way no, he can no, overcome no, no, it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about, Nick, if he would have just stayed at Golden State and just played the rest of his career there, would, he have, would that have eventually passed the, the you joined the 73-win team, by the way, that didn't win the championship? Uh, Key, I don't believe so. 
Okay. Because they, they could have won six titles, and they might have. I mean, if Kevin's on the Warriors right now, they are rolling everybody uh, as we speak. And he probably wins a couple more finals MVPs. But as I watch that team unfold, and, and guys, that's what, that's what upset Kevin so much in the moment. He always felt like it was KD and the Warriors, not the Warriors. He always felt kind of like an outsider to that group, and he verbalized that in that last season. Nick, but it's never going to change the perception that was around as soon as he left OKC. Here's how I do feel like it can change. Let me give you my take on this one. It feels as if watching on the outside looking in that this is KD and Kyrie's team. And when I hear Chuck say bus driver, it makes I, it make, I went to this place yesterday, which is why I said it on our show, I said, okay, well, who's actually driving this bus right here? Now, the last game in which they lost, that was KD driving the bus. Right. But it feels like the Brooklyn Nets need more of that from him as it relates to Kyrie as well by saying like, Okay, this is this is mine. It's like I found my voice now, and my voice is now I know how to elevate this franchise to a championship level, and there's certain things that are no longer acceptable on my damn watch. Kai, I love you, you're my brother, but if you don't get on page, you don't need to be here, dog. I love you to tell you to go somewhere else. Ben, I love you. I know you need some things. Address it. Don't sit on the sideline. Sit over here where people don't see you. Let's address it in offseason and deal with it. It feels like that franchise needs to go in that direction for them to reach their peak instead of it being all these things where Katie's being passive and not saying what he really feels instead of it just being raw, like a lion's roar about what's his. Jay, the Nets would love nothing more than if Kevin took yeah. that tact with this group. Yes. Nothing more. Because everything in that organization revolves around him. If he came out and said, Kyrie, we need you to be all the way in or you're out. And Ben, moving forward now, if you're not all the way with us, good luck to you. Get him out of here. But at every turn, and you know this just as well as I do, Kevin has stood up for Kyrie every single time throughout the last couple of years because they are such close friends. Every time when they're walking back and forth off the, the press conference tables, you see them hug, and he says, I love you, and, he's, and, and Kyrie says, I love you too, bro. There is a genuine relationship between those two. And I just don't believe, having watched Kevin all these years, that it's going to change now and he's going to You didn't see it. anything different in that last game? Because Jay noticed. I didn't really see them dapping each other up when KD or Kyrie make buckets. It, it happened right at the end of the press conference. Right out in the open in well, front like, of everybody. I, 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 here's one of the things I blew up. I don't understand. Like You get swept by the Boston Celtics, and I'm watching KD give Jason Tatum a hug, and you can tell in his entire body in particular his face, that he is pissed off, but he's paying homage to a guy that just actually beat him. Mm -hmm. But he's not smiling. He's not like, and I see Kyrie, I'm like, how are you smiling right now? Like, how do you have a smiling? You just got swept, dog. Jay, how about at the end of the second quarter going into halftime where Kyrie gets the ball and he just drops it instead of chucking up a shot? I mean, the, some of the things that happened at the end there were really strange. But the point to our conversation is, Kevin and Kyrie's relationship is still really, really tight. And that has not changed throughout all the craziness of the last year. So maybe it does in the future. Maybe Kevin takes even more of a leadership role. But that's why it works so well with him in Golden State. They had Draymond. They had Steph. Steph. They had Clay when he needed to use his voice too. They didn't need Kevin to be that guy. And on this team, this team 
desperately needs from a leadership standpoint Kevin Nick, Durant to be that guy. Is that is it a is it a mistake though, Nick, that Kevin and Kyrie is so close that Kevin can't or may not may not feel he could. I don't know. I don't want to use chest ties, but correct or instruct or lead Kyrie to do the things that it will take to win a championship? Yeah. He, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that relationship ultimately may be the downfall of this team getting to where it wants to go Nick, and, and winning wow. the title. There's wow. something I really respect about KD. Wow which is we all think it needs to be done, or many of us think it needs to be done this way. And he's like, no, I don't need to do it that, this way. I'm going to do it that way. I'm going to do it my way. And even if it doesn't fit into the paradigm, the Jordan, Kobe, Larry Bird, whatever paradigm, right? It's his own thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then he goes to Golden State, and he's doing it his way. He's doing, and Jay even put me up on a different way of thinking about KD a couple years ago, the way he responds to people on social media. On the one hand, damn, you got rabbit ears like that? You're sensitive? On the other hand, wait a minute. KD treats every person with the respect of a person, whether it's in the media, a fellow player, a a stranger he doesn't know. He respects people, obviously, in a way, or it it wouldn't affect them, right? Like, do you think he now – because until he thinks it's an issue, he's not going to do anything about it, right? Do you believe that he thinks that that relationship with Kyrie is an issue? No. Flatly. I think he thinks this is one of my closest friends. He's an unbelievably talented basketball player. Nothing's going to change right now from what I saw day after day these last few months. But, guys, I'm telling you right now, the last thing in the world I would do if I were the Nets uh-huh. is sign Kyrie to a max extension because I just don't believe that you can trust that he will be out there day after day after day. The issue is if you want to keep Kevin – and you want to make sure that he's happy, I, I don't know what other choice you have. Because if KD says, I want Kyrie here, he's my guy, what are you going to say? Because all you want is for Kevin Durant to be happy and Kevin Durant to lead your team. And if, if Kyrie uh, says, I want, I want this deal, and Kevin signs off on it, as far as the Nets are concerned, it feels like their hands are tied. The definition of a dilemma, which is a, a, a word used incorrectly all the time, is not a tough choice. That's not what a dilemma means. A dilemma means a choice between two bad options. Either option is bad. That's the dilemma. And what Nick Friedel just said is the Nets have a dilemma. He wouldn't sign Kyrie, but you can't go against KD. What do the Nets do? We react next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride-or-die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Nick Friedel still with us. Nick dropping. Bouncing his head to this beat, though. Yeah, Yeah, you said you said before we went to commercial break that what do you do if you're the Nets? It's a dilemma. Two bad options to choose from. One, you give an unreliable player for a variety of reasons, including injury, including decisions about vaccination, including that he may not be there, a max, a super max extension, whatever it is. Can't do that, right? But you also can't tell Kevin Durant, you know, your guy, your best friend, you know, your bestie and your crime partner. Nah, we're not going to give. What do you do? Nick, what do you do? Jay, anyone have any answers? You pay pay him the money. You're going to pay him the money. You're going to pay him the money. You've got to keep Kevin happy. Yep. Period. Everything in that organization revolves around Kevin Durant. If Kevin says, I want Kyrie back, there's the choice, Max, because Kevin is a generational player. He is still in the middle of his prime. He can still lead a team. But, guys, I have a question. As I watch this group, I'm struck by the fact that Kyrie came back and it was all over the place for the last few months of that season. If Kyrie doesn't come back, and when you read back through some of the quotes that Sean Marks made before the season, we don't want to – we want everybody in (laughs) at the same time, pulling pulling the same way. Oh, Lord. If Kyrie doesn't come back and the Nets don't say, okay, he's staying away, are the Nets still going right now? Because I'm telling you right now, James Harden is still on this team this year. Yes. He's still there completely. They are still going. Yes, I think so too. They are, mm-hmm. but you know when they're you, still going against the Celtics. So, so they're not playing the Celtics. Yeah, that's a good so idea. Nick. So, who fault is this though? In all honesty, whose fault is it this year and this year alone that the Nets are in this position right here? There is blame all the way around, Key, and it's Sean Marks, it's Josiah, the owner, it's Kevin for pushing and saying, "Hey." Okay, Kyrie can come back, and, and it's Kyrie for uh, making the decision that he made because while he ke- continued to say, this is the right decision for me, it messed up the team that he was on. So I don't think you can point to one person and say it's their fault. There's, See, but when I, it's this bad, I think there's blame I, I all blame, over the place. I blame Kyrie. You know why I blame Kyrie? Because of the choices, the decisions, and the consequences in which you – get from your choices and your decisions. That That's who I blame because much like you just said, James Harden was still on the team. They wouldn't even be in the play-in. They, would, they just wouldn't be in the situation. And I believe, and I think you know this, covering the team, that he got so tired of dealing with it, he just was like, you know what, man, I, I want out of here because of the decision and the choice that Kyrie made, which is his own, Everybody has their own right to do so. 
on the vaccination situation when everybody else on the team was taking care of it so they could play. I think that's what derailed this season for them. But, Key, let me add on to that, and then, Nick, I would love to hear your reaction on this. I think it is that, what Key just stated. I think in addition to that, I think James Harden thought it was being done one way, where it was Kevin's way. And I think once James Harden stepped his foot in that house and he said, oh, you ain't running this household? It's, it, oh, it's done that way? I didn't know it was going to be done that way. And, like, I, look, James Harden has his own stuff now that I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not excusing him. He's, there is culpability there for James Harden. But I think once he saw that and he saw people acquiesce, right, that's Steve Nash holding uh, James accountable for things he didn't hold Kyrie accountable for. You hear all these stuff that coming out of the locker room. Uh, you start to understand the reasoning behind why James Harden wanted to get out. Well, and, Jay, to your point, it was so clear. I go back to middle of January. They just beat up the Bulls in that second half. Oh, that was the best moment. nationally televised TV. The best moment of the year for the Nets. The big three were the big three, and they were going to stay and win a title. And James Harden gets up from the podium in Chicago, and he says, I'm going to give Kyrie that shot myself. Because it was weighing on everybody. They knew how good they were with him. But they knew they couldn't count on him night after night because he wasn't taking the vaccination shot. But, Key, this is why I don't think it's just on Kyrie. Because if they had kept Kyrie away, they'd still be playing right now. But would they go all the way? I, I think they could have gotten out of the East. Well, here's the thing about Kyrie. You think, so, talking, you think, so you think just well, James and... Kyrie, and, uh, Kevin Durant, and, and out of Kevin the East. Kevin Durant could have get him out the East. I, I think that could have happened, but as we have this conversation, and this is Kevin's point, and this is important. Kevin said the whole season got derailed when I hurt my knee, and th- that's undeniable. It screwed up everything. But my whole thing is the rhythm that that team had, because people forget they were really Rolling. good. They were really good Number those first couple East. months of the of the season. And that was without Kyrie. That was without the distraction day in, day out. I think it upset the rhythm so badly, and it made James Harden so angry that he was dealing with all this stuff with Kyrie and was he going to play, was he not that night. And then he looked around on those nights when Kevin wasn't out there, and he said, I don't want this anymore. And they never recovered. There is this, though. That is all in the past. Yep. Can't be undone. Can't unring that bell. It is now KD, and as you said, if KD wants Kyrie, and he does, you're going to have to sign him up. Kyrie is unreliable in terms of his availability. There'll be a million different reasons. It could be a family issue. It could be a personal issue. It could be a vaccine decision. It could be an injury. It'd be a million different things. All you know is he's not, he's not reliably there. However, when he is there, and KD is there, and they're healthy, to me, it seems they are capable of winning a championship, right? Well, and if well, this is what we have going forward, that's the reality of it. You think they can win the title? Uh, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant only because Kyrie was dominating the Magic and he's a bunch so of, good. He he's unbelievable offensively, but when he started playing every other night, he didn't have the same impact that he did when he was playing once a week or twice a week. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see. Once he's playing night after night, I know Kevin Durant is a superstar, one of the greatest we've ever seen. He has proven it game after game after game. And I know individually, offensively, Kyrie is unbelievable on certain nights. 
I don't know if the consistency is there the same way it needs to be, and that's why I'm hesitant to believe that just those two can win a title, especially, Max, you just said it. You can't count on Kyrie to be out there every You're going to need to come up with a Tyrese Maxi. Can I tell you guys why I'm a little bit scared? Because this whole summer, all these dudes are going to be hearing is how Kyrie's not reliable, how Ben Simmons can't trust him. He doesn't know if he's going to play. It's Kevin Durant still one of the greatest players. We're not sure, even though that's BS, right? And what happens when you're part of a team when stuff like that happens? Forces you to come together even more. You're like, blank everybody. We're about to give them hell. So now if you get Ben Simmons on the same page with Kyrie and you bring Joe Harris back into this equation, mm. right? Who Joe Harris is a taller, athletic, a little bit to a degree, stretch three, guys can shoot the three, defender. You still have pieces to fill. I hear you, Brown Jay. I They're still you. right there. Joe, what do you, you think, think about Joe Harris? possible with this group? Well, I don't what, know, but just well, the what, damn thought of it is scary. Right. Now, but what happens, because Boston's going to get better, so what happens there? We, let's talk about that when we get back. That's Nick Friedel giving the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Former, former NBA player going back to school and posting career highs. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So uh, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones were at a press conference the other day and had a little fun with who makes the decision in the draft room. Listen to this, guys. Our process is an inclusive one. We've said it. There's a lot of talk in this business about who makes the call, who actually makes the call. Okay. Uh, Taco was Stephen's call. <laughs> Parson, Parson, Parson is my call. I don't th- that's not that funny to me. <laughs> and that might be the, and that actually might be the case. But in the end, Will McClay is the guy who's pulling in, in, in pulling all the strings behind the closed doors for the Dallas Cowboys. Been doing it for years. It, you know, Jerry is a has an eye for talent, and so does Steven. They both played college football. They both been around the league for a long time. But the guy that's doing it all is Will. Will is the guy who's in the room making the decisions, passing the card around. The final say goes to Jerry and Steven, but Will is the one compiling all of the right information. So, uh, okay, who's Will going to draft, actually? I think they're going to go defensive end, man. That's what I think. And I, I, what are they sitting there, 24? So yeah. they could move up if something starts to slide down, meaning like if a, if a Stingley Jr. all of a sudden slips into the teens, you, I could see where they would try to jockey for position to move up to grab that because that's a nice one. Daryl Stingley Jr. is a nice one. What about like this? It always seemed to me, Key, that the more Dur- empowered – 
Stephen Jones was in the organization, the, the, the better the drafting got. So Will McClay, and, and you talk to people around football, they'll tell you the same thing, like Will McClay is actually what's going on there. But how much is Stephen Jones's um, position, obviously, you know, close to Jerry, right, advocating for those things to happen, helping the franchise as opposed to Jerry just kind of, you know, playing by the seat of his pants? Well, they all collectively work together, though, Max. They really do as a a cohesive unit. They work together, and they do a tremendous job at getting players. But, you know, it's just Jerry going to get the credit because Jerry's the boss. Yeah, there's certain things like – it's funny. Regardless of whatever happens, everything for good or for bad, it's going to be reflected on Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is that dude. When he talks or anybody from his organization talks – it's a reflection on Jerry Jones. Well, if you're 25, if you're a 25-year-old Dallas Cowboys fan, you're like, oh, that's who I blame for no Super Bowls? I mean, that's the real. <laughs> he hasn't won a Super Bowl in a long, long time. G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn. Jay Will and Max. Vince Carter, ladies and gentlemen. Vince, let me ask you this. What went through your mind, though, when you knew you was getting ready to catch somebody slipping? You remember what? Well, I, can, I guess I can't say that. Minister Society, you know, when he's sitting in the interrogation room. You know what I'm saying? You're going to up now. You know that, dog. You know you're blanked up. You know you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you see where I'm going with that. All right. Choose your own adventure. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart speakers download the podcast, guys, every day. You vote on it. The fans vote. Listeners vote. <laughs> what should we talk about in this last segment? <laughs> Jay Wright got 15% of your vote. We ain't talking about him, even though he said on this show he doesn't know what the future holds, basically, right? It sounds like he's going to the NBA to me. Paul Feinbaum destroys Mark Emmert uh, on the day it's announced that he's, <laughs> he's going to be stepping down That's soon. That's beautiful. Destroys him. 23% of you want to talk about Feinbaum keeping it a buck. 26% said best playoff dunks in light of what Ja did last night. J.R. Smith, though, almost 36%, the runaway winner. J.R. Smith with a 4.0 GPA on the golf tee. Do it all. J.R. Smith doing his thing at college. But also what I love about him is lately he's, just been, he's been speaking to realness. Like He had one clip online where he was talking about, you know, you have so many millionaires – on one basketball team and the impact that all of them collectively could have together on their own community, right? How everybody spread out. It's like, he's like, that, that would be one of my biggest regrets. It's like not combining forces and really coming back and making an imprint, an impact in our society. Instead of just it being sprinkled here or there, you donate here, you do this little thing here, you show for this little appearance. I think it's all of it combined. We're watching Jr turn into the man that I knew he always would be from the time I met him the first time at the McDonald's All-American game in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I got to say, Key, when JR even tweeted last year, remember when he was like, grades are in, 4.0, I'm going nuts. Yes. So obviously it was so – I felt so good for him. He talks about having ADHD, and a lot of people roll their eyes at stuff like that. But that's a real thing for him. He walked the walk, went back to school, and is – 
and it, and it means so much to him, and it should for accomplishing what he's accomplishing. It's amazing. Man, look, Jay knows, you know, and I know, when you have that piece of paper, they can't take that from, no one can take that from you. No one can take your paper from you at all. When you graduate from school and you, they can't say anything. What are they going to say? And so, of course, he's excited. He's happy. Or anything that you could think of, any adjective you can use to describe his happiness, that's what it is. Man, they can give you a piece of paper. that I didn't have no 4.0 in school in any semester. You ever have a 4.0? <laughs> 4.0, they got to be perfect across I, the board. But as, as you say, I didn't have a 4.0 on a paper, <laughs> let alone a class or a, a semester, right? One paper. Didn't get an A in one paper. Nick Friedel, <laughs> you ever have a 4.0 for an entire semester? Hell no. <laughs> J.R. Smith doing doing the damn thing for sure. Hey, here is Sarah Kustak, uh, Yes Network analyst here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max from yesterday. Talking about Ben Simmons, Nick, I want you to listen to this. We were surprised not to see him on the bench last night. I do think that's going to be an area of, of taking a look at how, because I think when the trade happened, I was, I'll speak for myself, look at his strengths, look at who he has been as a player, not have just the recency bias of thinking of last postseason and how it ended for him with Philadelphia, but just his compilation of the young start to his career as a whole and what that would look like alongside this lineup. But it is about getting back on the floor. It is about feeling comfortable. It's about the physical nature of it, the mental nature of it and I think there is a long way to go and I don't know if it's at this point of the season I don't know if this would be a tough spot given the circumstances of where Brooklyn was at in the series that play into that but I do think obviously that's going to be a question mark and something to look at when you think about what this roster could and what moves you want to make who you want to fill it around when it comes to him and the expectation of what you have with him being on the floor and being with this group guys I think he fits this group on paper but they have to learn about him and how badly he wants it. Because the knock on him dating back to the time in Philly was how bad does he want to play and get better? And the knock on him in the last couple months was when he was ready to take that next step, the back injury popped up. And I think a lot of people internally were kind of like, how badly does this guy want to improve with us? And at every turn, much like Kevin with Kyrie, They have backed him publicly every time. He wasn't there the other night, which seemed odd given he had been there every other time. He wasn't even at at the arena. The Nets said it was because of the back issues he's dealing with. Okay, but when it comes time to play to start next season, they need to know if Simmons is as invested as he needs to be in this group, and that's something they're going to have to find out over the next few months. Nick, there are little things that he can do to build that trust. Number one, you get on the phone, you call Kevin, you call Kyrie, you say, I want to sit down with you guys. This is who I am. I have made some poor decisions in my past, but this is how I plan on correcting it. You don't sit on the bench wearing flamboyant colors. You put it on a Brooklyn Nets warm-up. You be in uniform with everybody. You don't do a little interview. You actually listen to your core team and you say, you know what, I'm not going to do an interview about coming back and playing. Then all of a sudden the attention becomes about me. This offseason, you stay here in Brooklyn, New York. You work out every day. You continue to see your therapist. You continue to do your therapy. If you want to take a weekend trip, you go there. You don't post about it. You don't post about Lamborghinis. You don't post about who you're dating. You play the game. And you build the right trust with your core team. That's what you have to do in order to get back to get this team on the same track to win. What will we talk about? What are you doing, Jay? What will we talk about on the air? 
No, I, well, I'm moving forward, though. I'm, I'm saying how you build it back. You know, Max is looking for some some slime. Staying positive, yeah. man. Dirt. Yeah. Grit. Oh, yeah. Give it to me. I, I, I you know, Nick, as I, as I always told Jay and Max, I, I need to see it from him and not everybody else on the outside telling me what it is that's bothering this young man. I need to hear him tell me. If he says it's his back, if he says it's uh, some mental stuff going on, I've got to believe that and take it to heart and not question anything other than what he says. Because you look at the Philadelphia situation, he didn't end good with them. He left. And everybody said that he didn't want to, he was not going to play in that Brooklyn Philly back to Philly game, which he didn't. But we learned later on he had some back issues that he had been having the entire time. And now we're learning again that the back issues along with some things that he's going through from a mental standpoint is also affecting the back. We got to wait and see what takes place in the summer before we truly can judge what has transpired with him in his career. It's hard to believe in the last week everything unfolded the way it did. A week ago, I walked in the practice facility, and he's telling me to turn on my camera to make sure I'm filming the dunk that he's about to throw down. And then he's walking off the floor, like, yeah, I got this. A couple days later, he's sitting there saying, I- I'm going to fit in with this group no matter what. I'm good. You know, let's go. And then, boom, we never see him play where he's not even there the last game, and there are so many questions left unanswered heading into not only the offseason – but into whatever next season may be. But, Nick, isn't that a sign of somebody who mentally is not stable, right? If you see a lot of fluctuation and there's not a consistent theme, I think that's one of the things that I we're seeing. It's not a great group to be in the middle oh, of. With I that. agree with that. I think that's a great point that Jay brings up. Something's going on with Ben Simmons. That is very plain. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.